Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello everyone, this is Laura Lee Rourke from It's Not About Food podcast. And so happy to have all of you here today. We're going to talk about a really great subject, creativity, and what that means, especially with just how do you find your creativity, especially when you're feeling blue or not sure what to do with your life? And where do you go to get that within yourself? And how can you unlock that door with the creativity key? So on the front of the card is the goddess is holding a whole bunch of spirals. And to me, what it means is that creativity comes from inside to out and outside to in. You know, it's just a spiral that keeps going and going. So she's holding that and sort of lifting it up and the deer's looking at her. And on the back of the card, it says, creativity is the outward manifestation of who we are as spiritual beings. It is is the magical ability to create something out of nothing that is uniquely ours. It is the gift of being able to imagine, to dream, and then to make those dreams come true. Creative expression is essential to feeding our souls. It forces us to go beneath the obsession with the food and weight and access the part of ourselves that passionately hungers for self-expression. So for me, this was a really sort of an awakening to, I didn't think that I was very creative growing up. I didn't get any kind of brownie points for being creative. I wasn't in a creative family and we just muddled along with our mom and ourselves and just thought, well, this life is hard and then you die, (laughs) kind of. (laughs) And... That's the idea I got. I was raised in Catholic schools. And so I just feel like what it was like this world or this life didn't mean that much because you're going to go on to a better life, hopefully, or a worser life, maybe, (laughs) or somewhere in the middle. And, you know, life, I don't know. I didn't have that creative idea of being able to imagine to dream and then make the dreams come true. I didn't get any of that until I was an adult. And I just did it as I thought it was supposed to go. And I have to say, the older I got, the better I got at that. (laughs) And was able to trust myself a lot more. So I'm so pleased to have our next guest on, Osha. And I'm going to have her talk about creativity and why she picked this card and how does she work with that in her life. So take it away. Well, I think my history with creativity was interesting. From the time I was a little kid, I was jumping around and singing songs and wanting to create things. And 
dramatic and I would go see a Haley Mills movie. I would come back and I'd get my friends together and we'd act out the movie. And, <laughs> yes. and I wanted to go by the time when I was in second grade, I remember Patty Duke had a show and I read in some little magazine, you know, Star Magazine or something that she went to acting school in New York City. And I was like, all right. So I put my plan together and I went to my parents and presented the plan. And I said, okay, there's a school in New York City, an acting school. Patty Duke went to it and I want to go to that school. So can you like make it happen? I pack my suitcase and let's go. Let's do it. And they were like, not in your lifetime, kiddo. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way that's going to happen. Later on, as I grew older and I still had all this sort of creative energy, which made me the wild child in my family, you know, the crazy one. I remember at one point my dad saying, I said, well, you know, I want to go to acting school. I still want to go to acting school. And he said, movie stars, they have these terrible lives and they're all like doing drugs and all alcoholics and they have a million divorces. And if you went and became an actress, you would just lose your mind because you already are staring at the clouds too much and daydreaming. Wow. You should be here. It's like, okay, I'll wait till I get older. And when I left home, then I went to acting school. (laughs) But so my history was with my family of being creative and then having them like be afraid of that, that fear of that's too wild. So I think the creativity is, gosh, it's in everything we do, right? We cook, we garden, we create a podcast, we create a deck of cards for healing. It's that creativity that I think does save us. Yeah, I feel like once that tiger was let out of the cage for me, you know, it was really let out, (laughs) you know, but before that, it was pretty much squished in there. It was not... You'll never make a living. You'll never be able to do anything if you go this route and it's just not okay. And the same kind of thing. You'll die if you're doing that. It'll kill you. I'd be like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Coloring in a color book will kill me. But it was not. I say right now that when my husband and his family get together, they play games and board games and card games. And they'll say, well, why don't you play with this? And I said, I didn't learn any of that. I learned how to say the rosary. (laughs) You know, that was my game. (laughs) I mean, this life was just not important to the adults around me. It was very hard to deal with that, but I didn't know any other way. What could I say? That just the way it was. So how did you get to where you are today from that young girl packing her suitcase and getting ready to move to New York and go to acting school? Well, I did end up going to Boston and then to Paris (laughs) and then came to California. Great. But I continued to explore my creativity and there were different outlets for it. You know, I wanted to do this and I wanted to do that. You know, I wanted to make violins. I had all these different things. I cycled through acting and then I came upon mime and I was in love with mime the first time I saw a performance in a park. I was like, oh my God, it's poetry with your body. And so I ended up pursuing that for a period of time in Boston, then in Paris and coming back and One of the things I realized is it wasn't really 
the mime per se that I was looking for. It was that sacred movement. I wrote a, a paper for a humanities class and I studied the ancient dance of the world, like the ancient dances of China and Japan and India and Bali and etc. And one thing that I found was that at the beginning of humanity, from time immemorial, we as human beings have danced, we have drummed, we have called down the spirits to bless our fields using that sacred vessel of our bodies through the dance, through the drumming, through that ritual. And that's really what I was looking for, that connection. Like the Christmas tree right now, right? The Christmas tree, I love the Christmas tree. It doesn't even need any ornaments, really, just lights, because it connects the heavens to the earth, just like our bodies do. We're that connection between the heavens and the earth, that sacred. And you have that affinity with trees yourself. You've told me that before. And that ancient pagan if you will, holiday of the solstice when they would bring what was growing at that time because it was so dark and cold was the fir trees. And they'd bring them in to remind them that spring and summer will return. They'll be green on the earth again. And you can get through this and let's bring it in and decorate it and honor that there are trees. And I just love that we still do that, even though a lot of people don't know that that's where it started. <laughs> right. And I know you were raised Catholic, so this kind of flies in the face of that in a way. Oh my However, gosh. yeah. the Christian religion, they co-opted that tree from earlier spiritual practices. Yeah. So people would go along with it. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, for Christmas, I mean, you think of that tree as that sacred kind of pole that is pulling, you know, the best of us, that spirit of us down and into our homes and bringing light with it, right? That shines into our homes. You know, the first time I went to Germany during this time of year, and it was very dark a lot of the time and very cold, you know, it never really got real light during the day. And so like by 3.30, 4 o'clock, everybody would be coming home from work and heading downtown to the village, to the center of the village. And there would be chestnuts roasting and there would be food and there'd be drink and there'd be music and there'd be fires everywhere. And the Christmas Mart where people brought all the stuff that they made all year long to sell for them. And it just was a very joyous occasion. And I thought, that's where this comes from, because people in these really cold countries and dark countries, they're like, I'm going to kill myself if I stay in this box. <laughs> I want to go outside and be with other people. And they would all be there. It was so beautiful. Yeah. We need the light, right? We, we need, need the, the light. light. Yeah. We need it all year long. And I think that it is that inner light that helps us to make good choices, helps us to, informs us of what we really truly want, not just what we think we want or what an advertiser on television or something wants us to want. There's a lot of that that goes on. It's so true. And then to go back to creativity of your life, and so how, at this point in your life, do you continue to create? How do you do that? Well, you know, I 
been sculpting for a number of years. Three-dimensional is pretty natural and easy for me to do. It just comes. It just is there. I don't know why it just is. Two-dimensional has been a little more difficult. Little, you know, I feel like a little kid drawing. But I've just started some paintings. I took a class, an art class on foraged materials. And so bringing in the beautiful lichen or bark or the moss that hangs down from the trees, the little leaves and leaf skeletons, and then applying them to a canvas in different ways and making them a little three-dimensional. And I still have to put the paint on. I have two going right now, which is so nice because, of course, every time I take a walk and I see this little beautiful piece of lichen just on the ground and it's so beautiful. Or this little piece of moss and it looks like lace on the sidewalk. And I'm, I'm in awe, you know, and so to be able to lift them up and bring them home and put them into an artwork is just making me so happy. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I... When you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. I joined Beyond Hunger about three years ago after my own eating disorder recovery. I've been with the Peer Ed program for over a year. I have been a peer educator for a few weeks now. Beyond Hunger is an amazing organization in which high schoolers like me get to go to schools across the Bay Area and educate teens and students on mental health, body image, intuitive eating. And I joined because it really helps people. I joined the program because I believe that the information we provide people my age is very important. Beyond Hunger has allowed me to connect with the youth in my community and reaffirm to myself what I know is true. It has given me an opportunity to educate others and inform others around my age. Um, and I just think it's a really wonderful program. Because I want to teach other teens what I never learned. Appreciating your body through its ups and downs, navigating di diet culture, and learning about intuitive emotions and hunger. And I felt that it was super important to continue to make change in the community. My name is Laura Lee Rourke, and I am one of the founders of Beyond Hunger. My business partner, Carol Normandy, and I founded it in 1988. But for the last 25 years, we've been going into schools and talking about the issue of eating disorders and body hatred. We um, train young women to go in with us, peer to peer, student to student, and it is a wonderful program. Please give generously this holiday season. Thank you. I love that. I love it so much. So you haven't done the painting yet. So what will you do with that? I need to get some more supplies, different levels of acrylic gel and modeling paste and things like that. But I'm going to layer paint up. There's going to be a little gold on leaf skeleton. Oh my God. You know, I'm just going to play and see what happens because, I mean, when I did this, I had no idea. I just gathered some things and I just started putting them on and arranging them in a pattern and and then the class was almost to the end. And so the second one I did, I just started working really fast. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about, you know, I just 
which is good. Yes. It's good. Like you, you don't even think about it. You just like start doing. And so it's like when we get out of the way and we just go for it, sometimes really cool things happen. It's so true. Because don't we just stand in our way? Don't we stand in our own way? We do. And when we let that go, that jail, you know, that you can't do it or you're not a painter or, or this is goofy or whatever, and you'll never make any money out of it or whatever it is that all the tapes I have, when we just go, well, I'm going to do it anyway, the whole thing opens up for you. And I love that you started doing it really fast to get to the end of the class. And it's so true. (laughs) Right. It's like, I love what you said. I get to do it anyway. And it's so true. It's like, I get to, because it's play. Yes. We need some play. We don't have to make a million dollars doing it. It doesn't matter. But I mean, I started getting really intrigued with painting, thinking, wow, so you can just go and just put some paint on there. Just put some paint on the canvas and then like swish it around a little bit and just play with it and then see like maybe you want another color on there and just play and look at it and go, what makes me happy when I am looking at this and these colors and how do I want to play with this? So That's beautiful. You know, I do it when I cook too. I like to cook and I like to cook with plants. I like to make them beautiful and put lots of colors on my plate. So you'll never get a beige plate of food from me at my house ever. There will never be a plate of food that is just beige. Got it. (laughs) Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Yes. Well, I was just talking about this with somebody else that the one thing that I got kudos for growing up is cooking. Because in my family, we all had our little thing that we did. And that was my thing that I could cook. And I don't know how I became the cook, but I did. And it was really great. I have a picture of me standing on a chair, reaching over at the stove so I could make stuff. And people have asked me, you know, can I have the recipe for this? Well, I don't know what the recipe is. I just make it up as I go. I'm not sure what the recipe is. I'm not a baker. So because... I make it up as I go, and then it doesn't turn out very well. Baking has to be pretty precise. But <laughs> the, re- the rest of the cooking, I can kind of just wing it. And uh, what do I have in the cupboard? Let me see, and I'll put this together. And I think this would taste good, and maybe this will be okay. You know, and that's how I started to do everything. We didn't have a cookbook or... Oh, wow. You just made it all up. I just made it all up, and so... I think that was probably, as we're talking, that was probably the only way that I was able to have creativity in my life that was acceptable. Well, it's nourishing. It is. It's nourishing. So, you know, when you do any kind of creativity, it's nourishing. And that line of that to dream of something and then to make that dream come true, I think there was a part of me deep inside that was dreaming that I didn't even know about. And it sounds like the same thing was going on with you, really little. And you're like, okay, this is my dream and I'm going to do it. Until you're told, well, you're only 11 and you can't go to New York right now. (laughs) Well, I was only like seven. Seven. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, that's not happening. Sorry. Anyway, so how else are you stepping into your own creativity right now? 
Well, the podcast is also, you know, on the radio show. And that is interesting. I had wanted to do it for a long time. I sometimes would take a little recorder and go places and ask people questions. You know, <laughs> I'd have like a question. I'd ask everybody the same question and see what answers I would get. And so I enjoyed that a lot. And I really got started with hypnotherapy by, well, I had done self-hypnosis for a long time from the time I was in high school. And then, gosh, I was in my 30s. I started making myself tapes. I would just record myself a self-hypnosis tape for something I wanted to remember to give myself positive messages for. And then I was seeing changes. It was working. It was really great. And I had friends and they were going, well, I'm struggling with this. Could you make a tape for me? And I go, okay, I'll make you a tape. So I started making tapes. People were asking me to make them these tapes. And I go, well, I better go learn how to do what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> so I went and I learned hypnotherapy. And then later I went and I learned, you know, I got my master's degree in, in psychology. So I did it all kind of backwards, upside down a little bit, but hey. You get the motivation as you go along. You just start doing it and then you're like, oh, okay, I guess I want to learn more about that and do more of that. But it still is that in a way. You know, how do we use our voices to heal? How do we use our voices to heal? And how do we hear other people's voices? How do we get like, this is what I'm thinking. What are you thinking? And then, oh, I'm going to think that too. <laughs> You know, so tell me a little bit about your show, your radio show. That's so wonderful. Well, it's called Aspire with OSHA, Art, Nature, Humanity. So obviously those are some of the things we've been talking about. And I was playing with ideas and I finally just came up with the name. I was going to originally call it Light Rays Radio. And at one point it was going to be the Passion Flower Show. <laughs> It was going to be a TV show at first. Then it was going to be Light Rays Radio. And then it turned into Aspire with OSHA Art, Nature, Humanity. Because I thought, what are the things that we must have? Yeah. You know, in order to really survive and thrive, we have, must have art. We must have nature. And we need some dose of humanity to care for each other and care for the earth and to join together in this enterprise called Humanity and Keep It Going. So I got the radio show, I proposed it and I started doing it. And then during when COVID hit, the pandemic, I couldn't go into the radio station anymore. So I started doing the podcast. I knew nothing, seriously. <laughs> yeah. So I was on like this huge, steep learning curve. I was teaching myself how to edit. And, you know, that was really a lesson in getting so frustrated that you just want to like hurl things at the window. It took a little bit of self-talk along the way. But so it's frustration, perseverance, frustration, perseverance, frustration, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> I love that. You know, and it's so wonderful you had that voice to come to your aid and tell you, keep going, it's going to be okay. And I would imagine that you also had people outside of yourself saying the same thing. You're going to be okay. This is going to happen. Just keep going. It's going to be fine. Probably my husband. But a lot of it was just me just 
unwilling to give up and admit that I couldn't learn it. Other things have come a lot easier to me than the editing. And so I was like, wow, this is harder than what I'm used to having to do. But it's like, okay, okay, well, that's a challenge. What better thing is there to do during a pandemic than take a challenge and just keep going for it until you get there? That's exactly right. And I think, you know, the pandemic, COVID is horrible, horrible, horrible. It's a horrible virus. It's really mean. It has all those spikes on it. It looks like a kind of a mean thing, you know. And there was good that happened during that time. People found other stuff to do. They found other ways to be. It just opened up the world for a lot of my clients. When they closed the world down, other things opened up. Our creativity opened up or people learned languages or wrote stories or sang songs. You know, I have a friend who made a Now, I'm telling my age right now by saying a tape because they don't use tape anymore, I don't think. But she made a whole CD. She made a recording of her playing the guitar and singing. Now, who knew that and gave it to her friends? And it's fabulous. I didn't know she could sing and play the guitar, but she did. And it's really one of my most favorite little CDs. Of course, we don't even use CDs anymore, but whatever. (laughs) She did it and it's great. And she wouldn't have had the time or the energy or even the desire, it feels like, to do that if she hadn't had a lot of time. It's like that on this card, this creativity card. It's the gift of being able to imagine, to dream, and then to make the dreams come true. That's right. And so that's what a lot of people did, right? People were singing out their windows. I know. And applauding each other and someone in a guitar in one window, you know, in an apartment building and someone else out on their balcony singing and someone else playing the drums across the way and... People making music together. I mean, yeah. It was such a weird time, but it worked. Our little human beings got to come out instead of the human doings. The human beings got to be out. We had to reach deep within, didn't we? Yes, we We did. We had to just reach inside and not just be so focused outside on everything else there and everywhere we're going to go, we're going to go here, going to do that, going to da 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 all that busy, busy. That's right. So I want you to tell me how to get in touch with you, with somebody could listen to your show or watch your show or whatever. And then we'll finish with, if you would read the last part of this card today, I will. So how do we get a hold of OSHA's show? <laughs> so if you go to oshahayden.com. That's my name. That's my website. And you'll see all my podcasts there. Or if you go on to any of your favorite podcast provider, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple, or any of those, and you just type in Aspire with Osha, and it's O-S-H-A, like it sounds, you'll find it there. So either Aspire with Osha on the podcast app or go directly to Osha Hayden, H-A-Y-D-E-N.com and you'll find me there. That's so great. That's so great. And how many do you have, do you think? Oh gosh, 40 or so? I don't know. Beautiful. I have got three more that I'm about to put up. (gasps) 
exciting. Yeah. And one of them is with a woman who's a creativity coach. Oh. And she calls herself a creative instigator, Jill Badonsky. <laughs> she's phenomenal when it comes to creativity. I mean, she's fabulous. So she's one of the ones that's coming up. And that one is pretty fun. I will practice setting aside my obsession with food and weight and find some time to listen to my creative instinct. I will write down different ways I'm interested in expressing my creativity and experiment with some of these ways. Beautiful. And I'll have fun. (laughs) Yes, you will. So I want to really appreciate you for being on It's Not About Food today. And I just really appreciate knowing you and your wonderful husband. And I hope we have many years together. Yes, and I want to put a lot of appreciation towards you, Laura Lee. You're such a light in so many people's lives. And I love what you're doing. I love all of it. (laughs) Thank you. It's truly beautiful. So you walk a path of beauty. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. Mutual respect for each other. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.